Welcome, welcome everybody to this edition of the Provcast. My name is Brendan. And I'm Court. And we are your hosts for this episode as we dive into the Sabbath. We are joined here by Ty Gaston. Howdy. And Eric Ripley. Hello. And we are coming to you live from Cold Spring, Texas Mm. on a chilly winter's night at our uh, trimesterly prayer and planning retreat. And uh, before we jump into Sabbath and what Sabbath rest looks like for the life of the believer, we have an interesting story for you. Um, I'm going to just throw this out here because I want to hear from y'all's point of views, but uh, please share with our listeners the crazy events that happened uh, while we were on the road today. Somebody just jump in. I feel like I'm required to. So we took down uh, some drug dealers and we arrested them. <laughs> I was taking them down. It's a very <laughs> passive role. Okay, so we, we watched it. We watched, we watched some Trinity police officers take down a drug bust while we were on the roads. And so that was pretty cool. We drove up to the situation. Police officer, first of all, pulled up behind me, which I thought we were going to get a ticket, which would have been bad with my no, traffic. You were breaking the you law. Were, it's just, police love you. My, my yeah. traffic record is not spotless. That's just... In Christ, all things just, are Yes. And thanks be to God for his imputed righteousness <laughs> toward my traffic record. However, I was a little nervous because I wasn't speeding, but here comes this police officer fast behind me. So tried to pull over on the side of the road. There wasn't a shoulder. He speeds around me, and about a mile down the road, we get stopped. Uh in kind of a line, almost like, uh, I don't know, like traffic. And then you look up ahead and, and, I, and we saw a police officer on the corner of a trailer with a rifle in his hands. Another guy's putting on a, putting on a bulletproof vest and we watched a drug bus go down. So it was legit. Felt pretty good about it. There were some other Texans that were getting out of their cars and looking like they wanted to help, which is always appreciated. <laughs> and they were getting told to get back in their vehicles. So... Guys laying down in the bed of their truck. Just just in case. Squatting in ditches. <laughs> <laughs> just in case the guy busted out, I think. <laughs> I will say at one point we did think that the, the guy in front of us was getting in his tailgate. We thought he had a rifle with him. Which would have been awesome. Because we I, thought he was going to catch the dude in case there was a runner for some reason. And yes. just the vigilante was going <laughs> to take charge me. there. It, it didn't happen that way, though. He, yeah, but in six months, up. it's a gun. When we, t- we tell a story... I mean, to me, it's already a gun in his hands. Yeah, I saw him sit up and say, look at us and whisper, it's about to go down. Yeah. (laughs) When he cocked the shotgun, he said, let's even the odds. (laughs) There's a couple movie references for you guys there. But for those of you who love true crime podcasts, we got to experience it first. It was good. And we did see uh, whoever the person was, the people were, got arrested. There was a battering ram that, that. broke open the door of this it trailer happen. and they yes. led the people outside and uh to be honest it was a pretty efficient uh takedown yeah there. big mm-hmm. shout out to police officers we're glad you guys do what you do texas so. justice i would say we were we were stopped for about 15 to 20 minutes it felt longer but it really wasn't that long no so like like court said props to the police officers but mm-hmm. uh that really has nothing to do with sabbath rest i was thinking of trying to make a segue there but there really is it was one. restful mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i felt good about it yeah. their their justice brought me peace yes yeah. <laughs> that's true so transitioning into the topic at hand today we are talking about sabbath which is a very uh, broad topic at times there's a lot of different interpretations and especially a lot of different applications on how we apply it in our modern day christianity so the first question that I'll ask and then I'll pose, and I'd love to hear from all of you, is what is Sabbath or what is the Sabbath? Well, I think that uh, got to start with Genesis. Obviously, uh, woven into creation, God rests on the seventh day. Sabbath rest is uh, rooted in God's decision to rest after six days of creation, not because he was tired, but because he intended that this would be a holy day. Uh that's reiterated in the Ten Commandments, reiterated both in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, you know, to be careful not to try to reiterate what we talk about on Sundays, um, it's uh, both rule and rhythm. You know, the Sabbath is a, prin- is a principle. It's also the, uh, one of the Ten Commandments for a reason. And uh, in the New Testament, we get this uh, constant uh, reminder from both Jesus and then Paul in Colossians 2 or the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 4 uh, about Christ representing our, our Sabbath rest and that 
it's not only meant to be something that we ought to observe uh, one in seven, one in seven days as a day of rest, but also it's a, it's an attitude. It's a way of life. It's something we ought to nurture. Uh, we ought to nurture stillness before God. Uh, it's, it's both a calendar day and a disposition of the heart. Um, it's a day we enter into, but it's also a way that we see life. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sabbath imparts the rest of God, physical, mental, spiritual rest. Um, and, uh, we experience the presence of God in Sabbath. Um, and it, it kind of stops us from what I think is a cultural sickness, which is busyness. Yeah. It stills the heart and reminds us, it kind of recenters us on God's work and not our work being what ultimately will be sustained. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of, you know, that, that word you use, busyness, that's a, that's a big word in our culture. Um, I mean, everything from just the usage of our phones uh, to always having something on Netflix on uh, to... I mean, even something as simple and good as like loving the children, interacting yeah. with all the things that they do, and uh, work. You know, now that now that electronic is uh, electronics are part of our age, work can be anywhere. Yeah, you can just do anything. And so, you know, Blaise Pascal said it. He said that uh, busyness sends more people to hell than unbelief. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, obviously those things are related. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the point is, is a uh, busybody is a real like syndrome in our time. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's because we have so many opportunities to be busy. Um, I was a couple sermons ago just talking about, you know, I don't remember the last time that I really was bored. Mm. Because the moment that you start feeling this, you know, feeling boredom, you have your phone, you have something you could turn on to just kind of like numb your brain or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I think it's in the times of uh, stillness before God uh, that we're able to be recentered on that there's more to life than... Uh, what we see with our eyes, what we touch with our hands, what we, you know, can pursue with ambition. Um, and on and Sabbath offers that, you know, it's, it's a, what is it uh, in the Psalms? You know, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Right. And I think the Sabbath is that it's a weekly reminder, but it's also, like I said, a way of life reminder that, that God is God. Yeah. Kind of the Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's really important when we think about like being still, it's really important to know that like just not being busy or going on vacation or, um, yeah, those things don't necessarily mean that the heart is full. Right. That the heart has received rest. Yeah. Cause our culture is okay with vacation. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sabbath's different. It's completely different. Yeah. It's a, it's a repositioning of the heart. It's not forsaking your work, but saying that God's work is better. Yeah. So Genesis 2 says that God rested on the seventh day. But when we see in the Ten Commandments, it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So I'd like to talk a little bit or discuss um, the difference between just watching Genesis 2, God resting, and remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Uh, So with those words, those specific words that are used, what do we make of the Sabbath? Uh, I would start maybe a little before that by asking, like, why does he say remember the Sabbath? Um, there's probably a number of reasons, but the first one that comes to mind is that we will be forgetful mm. about the Sabbath. We will yeah. be forgetful about um, taking a moment. Um, really, the principle, obviously, of Sabbath is, is the seven, uh, you know, one in seven days. But taking any moments at all to recognize that God is God and we are not. Yeah. So I think that he starts with remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, keep it set apart, keep it significant, keep it different. Um, A, because God did that, he set it apart as holy. And that I, I think that God knew that in both Exodus and in Deuteronomy that we would not remember it. We would need to be reminded mm-hmm. of the Sabbath. You know, you see in the Old Testament, the children of Israel are you know, sent into exile. And, you know, I saw an article written one time that talked about the number of years that Israel was in exile was akin to the number of years they neglected the Sabbath. Mm. Um, that Sabbath was just this principle that uh, really centered the entire nation of Israel on God himself. Yeah. And so when they had neglected the Sabbath, you can always see this kind of pattern of the neglecting of the Sabbath and neglecting of all spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And, and I do believe that, you know, and maybe we're going to get, we're probably going to get into this in a minute. There's, there's a way to approach the Sabbath religiously that the Pharisees did and Jesus rebuked them for it where their hearts weren't in it. But I think there's also a way to neglect the Sabbath. We see 
that in the end leads to neglect of spiritual things altogether. So, yeah, that would be my first thought. Anybody else on that thought? Yeah, I, I remember there was a sermon that I listened to early on into my Christianity by, uh, by Matt Chandler, and it was called The Art of Remembrance. Mm. Uh, and there's this idea that, uh, that we need to have regular rhythms of uh, reminding ourselves of the promises of God but also allowing our time, our, our time to be dictated by rest in the truths of God. And that's primarily done in the Sabbath. And that when we stop stopping our work to remember God's work, it allows us to, to operate in this dependence of God that's not normal for us. Because, I mean, the whole, like the whole genesis of, no pun intended, of the... Uh, <laughs> You know, of sin is pride. The idea that you don't need God anymore. I mean, that's that's really what was behind the enemy. Uh, he was saying, you know, God's really holding out on you. Right. And at the end of the day, that's not that's that wasn't the truth. Actually, God was giving them all life. He was giving them joy. He was. I mean, they literally walked with Him. Right. And so God had everything for them. And if that's the case, then uh, then we need to remember that in Christ, those things are true for us today. And so we have to stop and remember that Christ has paid. Um, he has paid for us to be able to walk with God again. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, Ray Ortland talks about the Sabbath in one of his articles and says uh, the, the idea of, like our secular idea of the weekend mm-hmm. um, isn't really a biblical idea. And so not that having like Saturday and Sunday off is bad. Uh, you know, I don't think that we're, we're just not really a restful society. So I don't think we're, we're, we're teetering on too much rest. However, I think, you know, he makes the case that like Sunday just becomes a second Saturday. Mm -hmm. So it's like Home Depot didn't get done on Saturday. So let's just do it Sunday. And I think that ultimately Sunday can just become another free moment for us to get the things done that we don't feel like are getting done. And and then what that does is it kind of what you were saying, Ty, it just basically piles on more significance on our work. Yeah. And less significance on things that God is doing in our lives, in the lives of others, in in all of the created order. And Sabbath, I think, was meant to be the reverse, where you cease. You know, Sabbath means the ceasing. Right. So you're ceasing from your work to to become in tune with what is God up to, right. both in my life and in the lives of others. Right. And it's a it's a discipline because right. you have to be able to say like uh, Gavin Ortland, his uh, I believe it's his son. Yeah. Uh, he he wrote in a in a similar way. He was talking about like yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe it will only take you thirty seconds to respond to this email or answer this text message, uh, but you still shouldn't do it. It doesn't matter if it's 30 seconds because really what you're saying, the position of your heart is saying, well, my work's more important than God's work. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's important too. you know, you look at like you were, you were saying the sayings of like, remember uh, God's command there to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Uh, and I, I kind of focus on that too, the keeping it holy, like God takes the Sabbath very seriously. I mean, there's, there's legitimate intense punishment uh, we can see in the Bible for not keeping the Sabbath. And so uh, there's a seriousness to the Sabbath that's, that's very important. And obviously we'll get into maybe the kind of uh, law versus maybe what the Sabbath would be defined now uh, versus what it was in the Old Testament. But nonetheless, there's a seriousness about it because, um, like we've been saying, you know, the remembrance of God and the Sabbath is something that's easy to do, uh, or forget rather, uh, but also something very serious to make sure we keep in mind. Right. So that leads perfectly into the next question, which is, is the Sabbath on Sunday morning or on Sundays? So originally, uh, the Sabbath was on Saturday. Uh, so that was, the, that was the Jewish tradition. That's the tradition God set, right? It'd basically be sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday would be the official Sabbath they would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I would say, and we can kind of maybe go with some controversy here, I would say not necessarily Sunday. How Sunday came to be about was in the early church. Jesus was resurrected on a Sunday. Uh, and so it kind of became nature to uh, worship that, have that as the Lord's day, right? The day that Jesus rose from the dead. And so as we kind of carry Sabbath and the principle of Sabbath, uh, as still a command in the New Testament, uh, but different. 
Uh, I, I would say that ideally it makes sense in wisdom that Sunday would be the day that we uh, honor the Sabbath, celebrate the Sabbath, remember what Christ has done, remember the gospel and God's work. Uh, but I would say that I don't think necessarily, I think there's circumstances where maybe that's not possible for someone, and I don't think that's uh, sin, uh, if you will, to be uh, right. not able to celebrate. But I think the principle still stands, why we call it rule and rhythm, right, uh, that we need to follow. I want to dive into the, the particular culture of Providence Community Church here. Um, there's a lot of different things to talk about, but um, the first question, or I guess part A of the, the last question is, is the gathering of the saints part of the Sabbath? Is that just part A? You can go part B? Is that? That'd be part A. Okay. Um, well, first I'd say Jesus talks about the Sabbath regularly. He has these fights with the Pharisees throughout. It, I say fights, you know, that Jesus rarely ever is scathed in these in these battles. Uh, but they have real problems with the way in which Jesus engages the Sabbath, the Jewish Sabbath, um, both with uh, his healing, both with him allow, also his him allowing his disciples to do things like uh, grab ears of corn and eat them. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it becomes this these these laws that are set forward and uh, that Jesus basically rebukes them. And he starts to ask them, if, if one of your sheep were to fall into a well on the Sabbath, will you get him out? Um, and, of course, you know, they, they don't know what to say because they shouldn't, according to their own regulations and laws, but they would. Right. Uh, and, and he tells them, you know, they've are people not of more value than sheep, you know. And I think that what's happened is um, in an effort to maintain a maintain something that's holy and precious, you know, the church then went and said, so the only other thing that you can do, they made another rule. And so the only other thing you can do is merciful stuff on the on Sunday. So it's like, see, Jesus said, all you can do is get so we can help with sheep and people. You know, it's like, sure. but they're missing Jesus' point, which is at the heart. And, and the heart was that uh, they were more about rule following than they were about relationship with God yeah. and setting that aside. Yeah. Having said that, to answer your A question, Brendan, which is like, what what is, you know, Sunday morning gathering? I still think that it is in... Like Eric said, it is a principle that should stand unless there are extenuating circumstances that keep you from gathering. Um, we see this in Hebrews where it says, don't neglect the gathering together of yourselves, as is the habit of some. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been very regular throughout church history where we, we set these times aside. And, and unless there are these extenuating circumstances, i.e. I can't provide for my family you know, unless I have this job and this job requires me you know, to work on this day, I would say, yes, absolutely. The gathering together of the saints, um, you know, we were reading together over prayer and planning retreat, but the Psalms talk about uh, the declaring of the word of God on Sabbath. They, they, you know, one of the Psalms think it's, I think it's 93 basically talks about declaring and singing and, and all these things that the, the, either the nation of Israel would do on the Sabbath and that the early church basically carried that over. So yeah, great rhythm. Unless you have extenuating circumstances, you should make that a priority. But do I think that someone's sinning? Because they didn't, you know, they, they didn't come to a gathering or they have a job on a Sunday and therefore they have to go to work. Um, no, I wouldn't consider that to be sin. But I would say to the to the Christian to say, um, and this sometimes does happen, sometimes guys will take jobs, mm-hmm. let's say, and it's just overtime. It's like, hey, it's more money. And I would say, man, that's a really slippery slope, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To say, hey, I'm going to take the overtime for the extra money because Jesus even talks about you can't serve God and mammon. Yeah. Like you can't serve God and money. So I'm not saying everybody who's taken an overtime job on Sunday has decided they're going to serve money, but I do think that's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. If we say, well, it's easy. And then over time, just like I said earlier, when we start to neglect Sabbath, we start to neglect the soul altogether. Yeah. So you start to say, I could just get this extra job with a little bit of extra money and then we'll get ahead. And in many ways, that's kind of like giving people think if I, if I just skip my tithe, then we can get ahead financially. Then I can tithe again. That doesn't, it never works. You never find actually that, that money to tithe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And similarly, so it's not like I can just skip, kind of skimp the Sabbath. I can skimp the time with the community and the people of God because I'm going to make, I'm going to make up for it later. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And you're pretty convicted about this yourself, Brennan. So what do you think? It's complicated. As as all things are it's complicated. So one of the reasons that we asked the question is Sunday, the Sunday gathering part of the Sabbath is because uh, we understand that the Sabbath was intentional, right? And we understood that God showed us an example of what it meant to rest. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, we also see examples throughout the Bible 
Uh, you mentioned Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Instructions uh, in which we are supposed to lean in to Christ and lean into the body of Christ, the bride. And so we have specific things that we do each Sunday gathering. Primarily, we uh, gather to remember that God is creator. Mm-hmm. We gather to remember that we have fallen away. We gather to remember that Christ has redeemed us. And we both ask, uh, ask needs and supplication of God and remind ourselves that he is coming again. And we will feast with him together in heaven one day. Uh, and so it's hard for me because... <clears throat> I believe that those things are so beneficial and that God has um, given them to us. So to try to convince me personally to miss that is is very difficult because uh, I just believe it's so beneficial. I also believe that we as brothers and sisters have gifts that help people rest and trust in Jesus. Yeah, it's weird because I feel as though uh, the Sabbath set apart, set aside for us for joy. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you're trying to convince people. That, that they should receive this gift. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, it just, it's just such an odd thing that, that you would not want that. But then it begs the question, why, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, why is it tough? Why do you think that when, you, when someone thinks about Sabbath, they think, I can't do that? Well, I think it, it, it's an attitude and a posture of active versus passive. So it reminds me of when people sing on Sunday. They consider that to be active. Uh, when they listen to the sermon, they will often consider it to be passive. Right. Uh, and so it's about engaging. Um, and so people will think, they'll, they'll miss that um, God is doing extraordinary things within us as we sit together, as we sing together, as we pray together. Um, and because we feel that it's passive, at all times, we, we, we have trouble convincing ourselves to do it. Mm. And because home groups seem a little bit more active, and you're eating with one another, you're laughing with one another, you're, you're ask, asking intentional questions and, and accountability, you feel that God is actively moving. But because you're sitting in a seat, you may feel it's passive. So you may think, you know what? I don't really need to be there today. Yeah. I'm not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. I think you're getting somewhere too. Okay, because as soon as you said home groups, I thought about... A couple of years ago, we made a move to inject family dinners mm. into the life of our groups. And remember, I don't know if you remember this, but the pushback of why would I go? Yeah. Like, why do I need to be there if they're not, if there's not going to be a Bible study, there's not going to be a, you know, a teaching, there's not going to be like, why do I want to sit around and eat right, with yeah. people? I could just do that <laughs> at my house. And, <laughs> and I think it's hitting at what you're, you're really getting at, which is we are, we are so addicted to efficiency. Yes. We are so addicted to things being productive that we don't see the humanity in others. It's always transactional. Yeah. yeah. Our value is always tied to our usefulness. Yes. And so you go into a gathering and it's like, this is only, this Sunday morning was only as valuable as I was leaving out of here with three application points. My kids with their worksheet that was colored and, you know, whatever it may be, you know, it's like I had to leave with something. Mm-hmm. And, and that even plays into like when somebody says, you know, how was, how was church this morning? Worship was great. You know, and, and that's, and that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that people would say worship is great. Right. But then what happens if worship's not great? Mm-hmm. Like, like, or let me flip it around. What happens if the sermon's not good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's more for me. I'm not going to throw Brennan under the bus. What happens if the sermon's not good though? Like it's just not, you don't feel like it just hits you and nails you right where you are. Does that mean that therefore the Sabbath is moot? The gathering of the saints is moot? That it's really worthless for me to be here? And then you hear this like the, the constant refrain, I'm just not being fed. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that, it just plays into this idea of like, we need to be productive. We need to be churning. We need to be moving. We need to be multiplying. And I think those those things are not necessarily bad until they become like idols. Right. Yeah. And they're definitely an idol of our, our, our culture. Right. It, yeah, it's like our... I mean, in so many different ways, it's difficult for uh, for the believer to just receive, even though that's exactly what the gospel is to us. Right. Uh, we we don't contribute anything to it. Yeah. Ex- you know, as Jonathan Edwards says, like the only except thing the sin, <laughs> except the sin, the that sin made that it made it necessary. necessary. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, John. So like, we need to be reminded of that. Yeah. And and really, that's what you know. So 
yes, Sunday is not, you know, it's not a rule, but at the same time, it's the easiest pattern to follow. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just such a, it's such a normal rhythm for people, especially believers that attend church and especially in the South. Right. You know, Sunday church is a big deal. And so like, that's a great day to kind of recenter yourself, not only as you conclude your week, but also as you begin your next week. Yeah. We talk about this at our, Eric and I have been in the home group for about a year together now. And, um, we try our best every time we get together to have this little pre, uh, before we pray for dinner, we say, thank you for coming. There's always benefit when the saints gather together. Right. And God is moving in us in ways that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and we apply that to things as small as DNA groups, which are our, just our version of smaller groups than home groups, women's meeting, men's fellowship events, right. Mm-hmm. Eat family dinners. God is growing us. When we gather on Sunday, we're singing together to affirm and confirm the things we believe in. God is growing us in those ways. So it kind of leads me into point B of the of the question. Um, and we talked about specifically addressing the culture of our church or just the, the normalcies of our church. Let's talk about vacation. Mm. So in the suburbs, um, there's many people that love to get out of the suburbs. Yeah. Suburbia, life in suburbia is filled with rhythm. It's filled with comfort in a way. Um, and Ty, you were just talking to remind you of the song that we sing, Jesus is better. Mm-hmm. And the bridge says, then any comfort, more than any comfort, mm-hmm. Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. So, yeah. um, Court, you had casted this vision to me. I was walking with a young man years ago um, who I just felt had the utmost of gifting in worship. But yeah. he wanted to do some other things with his life, which is no moral, you know, it's not wrong. Mm. Um, but I just was honestly kind of heartbroken that he didn't see worship as leading the saints in worship as more of a thing to be chased after. And what you had told me is cast a vision or do your best to cast a vision that what he wants to do is not wrong and it's not bad, but how much sweeter is it Mm. that he's been gifted by God to do these certain things and that he can participate in that. So I want to talk about that and hear y'all's thoughts. My family never really takes vacations because we're creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just kind of get rolling in that. And, um, but for any of you guys who do, um, we'd love to talk about vacation versus church and how that plays out. Yeah. My wife and I, we love vacationing. It's enjoyable. We've had the the blessing of, uh, I've had the blessing of having in-laws that invite us along, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's Favorite true. Uh, prophets reward, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's so ridiculous. Um, no, but it's been, that's enjoyable. And so we, and we do love vacationing, but I'll have a caveat, which is, I do think that you have to survey and recognize that vacationing while entirely a blessing from God and, and a joy that should be embraced can also be an escapism, um, from real life. And by that, I simply mean that we want to escape our real lives. And in so doing, um, we're kind of buying into more of a cultural gospel than the real gospel, mm-hmm. which is that you are a, a person, a whole person that can't have this dichotomy of like, there's like, a, you know, you know, I always think of Michael Scott, like date Mike versus real Mike. It's like <laughs> vacation court versus real court. So it's like, this is when I just, you know, am, am somebody completely different. And, uh, and this, and this is who I am whenever I'm back home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you, re- if you do recognize that in yourself, then what you're recognizing is you've created kind of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in your life. Mm-hmm. And therefore, vacation for you has become kind of like a, a functional savior mm-hmm. that brings you into your your best self. And then you got to go back to the hell that is life or work or whatever. And the truth is, like, you know, work is tough. Real life is tough and, and mm-hmm. arduous. And so sometimes that's how it becomes. Like, we have these vacations. But the sad thing with that, and we see this even with, like, weekends being mini vacations, which is why I think we struggle with Sunday morning church attendance. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's living for the weekend. Your weekend is your mini vacation where you can be you. And then everybody's calling you into some more responsibility. And you're like, well, I don't want to do that. Sure. Yeah. But again, you're creating a dichotomy. You're a whole person, but you're trying to create two people. Yeah. So, uh, so I would start there. And, and I think that's what leads to the, the neglect of, like, I'm going to go on vacation and just totally, I want to vacate from God, too. Yeah. I want to vacate from community. I want to vacate from... Uh, the word of God. I want to vacate from the people of God. I want to vacate from, you know, the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we might not say that with our lips, but it's what we mean. And I think that we got to be careful there because I think the enemy is very keen on that. Yeah. He would, he, he, 
I don't think the enemy necessarily is all that interested in what derails us from living a life that's honoring to God as long as it does derail us. Yeah, as, long as, something mm-hmm. does. as long as something does. And it can be really good things. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about that at, at, a lot at Providence. You know, kids can be one of those too. Like as, sure. if we can make our kids who we're meant to prioritize, if we can make them the priority over God, the enemy loves that. Right. So I think vacationing is another one of those things where it masquerades as rest and Sabbath and it's not. Yeah. Like vacation's a gift. It's just not God. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think that's the that's the dangerous thing that can happen, especially in our culture, where um, going to church can just be something you do. It's mm-hmm. just another thing you do, not a people you belong to. Yeah. And when that happens, it's expendable. Mm-hmm. It's just another. It's it's the easiest thing to check off the list. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I think I I know in our household, like one of the things that we try to do. When we make decisions, and most of the most of the time, this is a filter we run through with big decisions. But even whenever, like Megan or I bring something to one another, we always ask the question, "How has God influenced your decision today?" And it's important because, like, all right, if we're not going to go to church today, then what does that mean for us? And how has our belief in God been shaped by this? Yeah, like, is this just something we're running from, or is there a valid reason why we can't? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too with the principle of vacation, thinking about that is uh, to look at the fruit. I think it's so important. You know, most of us, uh, how we feel when we plan vacations versus how we actually feel on vacations is much different, right? Like, I, it's just confession time, I guess, but I've been some of the, like, I've been the most irritated probably. I could ever be on vacations, yeah. you know, it's like, you, know, you try to fit all these things in, right? We mm-hmm. cram it with a bunch of stuff. And then, so we think on the front end, it's going to be restful. It's going to be awesome. We're all going to be behaved well. It's going to be good and restful. And then usually, not that vacation's bad, but usually if you're not doing it right, you get in, you realize the fruit, the hope that you had is not producing that fruit, right? That you imagined was going to happen. Yeah. That actually leads me to another question. And, you know, Brendan, you can jump in on this one too. Um, sometimes Morgan and I have been probably the last two years uh, more uh, passionate about Sabbath and more passionate about rest than than is typical because I've, I've joined a cohort, a pastor's cohort with five other pastors and it's been a major theme of what we've been doing is how do we not just Sabbath one in seven, uh, not just take sabbaticals, you know, one year or, you know, at one one period of time after seven years of ministry, but how do you cultivate a Sabbath heart? Yeah. Um, and that, that really started with me recognizing the reason that I don't want to rest. It's not that, you know, sometimes what we'll say is I don't have time to rest. And, and a question that was posed to me by another pastor was, is it that you don't have time to rest or is it that you're afraid of what might happen if you did? Mm. Like you're afraid of rest. You're afraid of what it would look like if you had to stop. You're afraid of what God might say if you did get silent time with him. You're afraid of what it might look like if you you know, were laid bare before God with your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So you cram. And uh, so that, that started this idea of how can Sabbath, cult, how can it infiltrate every area of my life that I'm more patient in my conversations? Mm-hmm. I'm more restful and therefore I'm more thoughtful, more intentional. I listen better. I am more considerate about the pace of life, you know, not being a breakneck pace. And I, I say that on the heels of the vacation idea because I think we need a vacation pretty regularly as a culture because we have such a breakneck pace. And we're thinking, I'm on running on fumes. If I don't get something soon, mm-hmm. I might die. And I would say that's probably a, a big indicator that our lifestyle is unhealthy and untenable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys cultivate a Sabbath heart? How have you guys in the last, I don't know, few years, you're over the course of walking with Jesus, learned to cultivate a heart of rest? And, th- and that would include like, I'll just be the first one to confess, I'm pretty terrible at it, which is why <laughs> the last couple of years have been a ruthless reordering of, of Morgan and I's lives. Uh, but what do you, how do you guys cultivate a Sabbath heart, a restful heart um, in yeah. Jesus? Yeah, I think for me and... Um, there's little things we've tried, you know, Chelsea and I, I think over the years and some things have failed miserably. And I, I also feel like I have uh, a hard time resting in general. Um, but my, my simple answer, and I, I risk being very cliche and obvious, I think in this answer, but I'm willing to go there anyways, uh, is just, um, you, you mentioned like, like solitude and alone time. 
and, and for me, it takes that. And I, I've experienced what you're saying about the, the fear, right, of, of getting to that place where you're kind of laid bare before God and yeah. your uh, emptiness is, is known by Him. It's already known by Him, right? But, but it's revealed to you, and you have to actually face that with Him, right? right. Uh, but I think God is good in, in the fact that for His children, He will not let you avoid that forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, God will corner you, and God will... Uh, he, he will reveal what's going on because it's unhealthy. And so for, for Chelsea and I, and what we've tried to do as a family is just make sure uh, we're holding one another accountable to, to those times where we're really being just, just quiet. I mean, just try 10 minutes of quietness before God. It's really hard. Um, but just doing that, you know, letting the word examine you in that way. Uh, and, and really that's when I find peace. Like when I'm not doing that, like I just, I am constantly worried about things. I'm kind of in the back of my mind running on anxiety and not knowing it, uh, and until I can actually kind of, uh, be alone with God, uh, and really kind of bear my thoughts before him and my emptiness before him. Uh, that's when true repentance and actual, that real resting in Christ can happen. Um, and, and then apart from that, you know, as best as we can, we, we just try to, since we're already going to be gathering with the saints on Sunday, you know, we try not to schedule anything. We don't need to schedule on that day. Uh, try to put away, uh, technology is a big thing, right? Put away our technology, yeah. get it out of our, our faces, out of our hands, uh, and, and just try to do something maybe as a family or with, uh, friends, fellow believers, et cetera, that we can do. Cause I think, um, you know, basically the stuff that we put in our lives, the six days a week, we try to just get that out, right? Anything that would be distracting. Um, and this really helps in a lot of ways, but that's another way too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know for us, the, uh, and I'm going to be honest, like sometimes for me, so this is different for me, uh, because I went, you know, if you don't know those of you who are listening, I took a, I took a year off from ministry and I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a sabbatical because I wasn't a full-time minister at the time. And I, I, I certainly wasn't, um, yeah, it just, I, I had to take time off and, and that's mainly because there's a, there was a big part of me that attributed my own personal worth to what I did for God, not who I was in Christ. And I needed to learn that. I needed to learn that I was valuable apart from that. And so that, that tie uh, compared to who I am now is different um, in that my rhythms look different because now, now I am paid by the church. Yeah. And so like um, ministry for me, I, I have to be able to like Fridays and Saturdays have become sacred in our household because it's, it's a very special time for us uh, in my, in my household to be able to, set things, set things aside, especially like ask the questions, like what caused distractions? Like you said, Eric, um, like the, our phones are a big deal. iPads, tablets are a big deal. Um, Amazon Fire TV, those things are a big deal, uh, in our household. They, they're always on. And so we, we, we try to find time where we can turn those off and, and just be, just be, because that's not something that's, that's normal. Like you feel like you feel like you have to be doing something. That's a big thing that like, that's one of the ways that we're actually like we use Sabbath time to be missional to my family on holidays um, because like they, there have been times where my family just they just can't um, unless we're doing something, they just can't be there. Yeah. And so like we've had to sit down and say, hey, like, listen, it's OK to just be just be present. You're not expected of anything. We're not expecting anything from you or, or we're not expecting to do anything together. We just want to be together and allow that to be OK. And that kind of like that restful part, posture of the heart allows us to, um, especially for Megan and I, to really think about how God is moving in the lives um, of our family. Yeah, I've, I've thought <clears throat> something that and I didn't I didn't get this uh, on my own. It's not like I just, you know, came up with this. This comes from uh, some readings that I've done over the course of the last couple of years. But I've, I've meditated a lot on a few things, one being pace. Mm-hmm. the pace of my life and thinking through when I notice that I'm really frazzled if I'm, and I say this a lot, oh, this happens a lot in our home. I'm sure some of our listeners, uh, you know, Providence is so full of young kids that you'll probably resonate with this telling Jonas to hurry up, mm-hmm. right? Hurry up, hurry up. We got to go to the house. Hurry up, hurry up, get your clothes on. And I'm snapping at him and I'm, you know, getting his, cause I, there's like a time. And when I start noticing that the pace of that's been pretty regular, then I start asking why. Why have I been rushing and why have I been rushing? You know, why are we rushing out of the house? Why are we rushing to another thing? Another thing I, I try to think about more is um, 
like how much I need things to be public or known, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like if, if I, how much have I been around people and how much have I been alone? I think there needs to be, it's almost like breathing in and breathing out. Right. It's like, have I been alone enough where I can be alone with God and have I been in community enough where I'm not isolated and depressed? Right. And that that's like kind of a breathing in and breathing out for me. Cause I, I think I'm always on this pendulum of swinging where it's like, I'm, I'm either all by myself. And that doesn't always mean that I'm sitting alone with God, like Moses on the mountaintop, you know, coming down with the 10 commandments. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, you're just schlubbing and, you know, feeling like death and yeah. depressed. Right. So you need, you need community and, and brothers and sisters to come along and, and, and lift you up. Other times it's like, you're only always around people mm-hmm. because that's deadening something else. So I yeah. start trying to get like, how much do I need to be in public? How much am I trying to deaden with either sound or, noise or people or movies or whatever, because what's happening internally, I need to attend. I need to tend to. Right. Um, yeah. So pace and then people or community, uh, have been things that I've been, I've thought about a lot. Uh, and then the size of things like that just comes back to that idea of, you know, how, how big do you want things to be? It right. does everything have to be bigger and better. You know, that's like a, maybe it's an American thing or maybe it's just like a Texan thing, but it's, it's sure. like everything has to be bigger and better. Yeah. So you like, you know, you build something at your house, you're like, it's good, but it could be better. Right. And that the, we approach our spiritual lives that way. Yeah. It's just like, a lack of contentment. Yeah. Just no contentment. Everything has to be better than this. Mm-hmm. Like you see, you hang a new TV and it's, you know, 70 inches and you're like, it's good. We should need a sound bar. Yeah. I saw a guy <laughs> with an 82 inch TV. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's big. It's bigger Damn than it. a grown man. You know, it's bigger <laughs> than LeBron James. Right. I can't even stretch out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. Anyway, just thought. Yeah. And I, I think that this, like another part is being intentional about like like we need to schedule this time of rest it's not just going to happen yeah you know dallas willard said that you don't have time for discipleship you make time for it yeah and i mean that's the same thing for for sabbath rest yeah like you're not you're not just going to somehow find time and, and we find we find our it's we have a really strong ability in our culture to be able to schedule everything mm-hmm. you hear it all the time like hey you want to go have grin, go have dinner well, all right well let, let me just check my calendar you know, and you just pull up your iPhone, you look at your calendar, you have things that, that you have scheduled. Uh, like I think about like um, some of our good friends, Nathan and Amy Warner, uh, oftentimes they will post their, their like very colorful coded calendar on Facebook. And it's <laughs> just Amy's. It's right. Right. Yeah. Nathan's all along for the <laughs> ride. The um, but it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> like it's like we schedule everything and uh, you know, hats off to them for doing it. It's awesome. Uh, but it goes back to like this, uh, like the old rocks and sand metaphor. Yeah. Like if you're going to fill a jar, you put the rocks in first and the sand will fill the cracks and the spaces up to the top. But if you put the sand in first, you won't be able to get the big rocks yeah. in. Eugene Peterson actually has a good, good talk on that. He says he actually schedules Sabbath rest. Mm-hmm. And that way when people ask him, Hey, can you do, you fill in the blank? He says, ah, oh, my calendar won't allow for it. Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't elaborate. Right. <laughs> he says, because if he told them he was taking Sabbath, they'd all be like, yeah, but I'm more important than that. Right. You know, it's right. like you tell someone, yeah, yeah, but I'm praying. They're like, here's your answer to prayer right here. You can minister to me. Right. And he basically says that he just tells them my calendar won't allow. And it's like a universal language of our cultures. When you tell people the calendar is full, they're like, oh, yeah. Right. Okay, well, we'll schedule it elsewhere. Yeah. So uh, you're here spot on, like intentionality about saying this is going to be a time that mm-hmm. I set aside. Yeah. You will prioritize what is important. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So this leads perfectly into... Uh, Kind of our, our closing point is begin we begin to land the plane here. This is the Westminster Confession, um, and it says some things that I love at the end of the uh, chapter that talks about Sabbath rest. And it says this. It says, This Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord when men and women, after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering of their common affairs beforehand, do not only observe a holy rest all the day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employments and recreations, but are also taken up the whole time in the public and private exercises of his worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. And my favorite part there is when they talk about preparing your duties beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talked about making time for, uh, for Sabbath rest um, and for uh, focusing on the love that God has for you and the rest that he provides for you and the energy that he provides to you as well. Um, and so my last question to all of you is, um, Ty, you mentioned some of this, but in, in your personal lives, um, what is maybe one rhythm that you do that you find effective for rest? Um, our hope for you as listeners is that maybe these give you some ideas or 
at some level may even tell may even inform you hey it's actually a little bit easier than you may be thinking because sometimes it can be intimidating to think hey i want to rest and be holy but sometimes you'll hear somebody else in their rhythms and think wait that's it that's all it takes so i'd love to hear from you guys Eric does Zen meditation, levitating. Yes, yes. I yeah. uh, levitate, teleport, those kind of things Lots really of things. help me. Yeah, um, really that's a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Yes. I no. wish I had it. I pray for it every day. <laughs> you got to pray for it. You got to desire it, you know. <laughs> got to want it. Anyway, so I, I uh, probably one thing, if I can mention one thing. Let me see. I would probably say the biggest step we've made in the right direction of Sabbathing is the... Uh, I guess war on on technology and the place it has in our lives. So, um, and, and my, my wife tends to because of work and everything she does with photography beyond technology more. Uh, I just kind of abandoned social media last year. Is probably one of the best decisions I made. Not saying you have to do that, but um, it's it's interesting how uh, unsatisfying our technology is. Uh, how um, just not like as fruitful as we think it is. And I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, there's so great technologies. I, I love technology. It's used for so many good things. Uh, it's but a great it's really, tool, but it can It's a great you. tool. But yeah, it's, it can enslave you. And it's it's really not as fruitful sometimes as we think it is. Uh, really, a lot of that just stems from sin, right? We don't want to miss out on things or uh, we, we don't want to address our own hearts as we've been talking about. So I won't spend too much time on it. But I think just uh, one day, if you could take one day, and this is something that not just in the Christian realm, but I mean, secular people are realizing, right? It's like tons yeah. of business models now that say, uh, do not respond to emails one day of the week. You know, make sure you avoid it because it, it's it's the way God designed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that we got to fight against that so we can make technology, like you said, our, our tool and, and not become a slave to it. And that's super important. And so uh, take a day, preferably Sunday, and uh, just get off it. Put your phone away, you know, um, those text messages and everything that's going to be there uh, when you get back. And it's amazing just that principle alone, what that will lead to, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fix everything. It's not perfect, but it frees you up to actually consider, okay, now that I have this free time, right, and these free hands and these free eyes, like how do I Sabbath better with my family? Yeah, for sure. And, and like it's it's not easy. Like when you, especially the technology part with children, like that's that's difficult. Yeah, you know, you like entertain your kids without an iPad, right? I cannot tell you <laughs> how many floppy fish children I've had on the on the floor rolling around because they're upset that I took the iPad away. Yeah, like it's just okay. All right, well, we're doing this. We're going to war, I guess. Yeah. So. but like it's, uh, yeah, it, it's not easy. And so just know that you know if you're a, if you're a parent out there trying to you know catalyze this in your family. It's, it's going to be hard. I mean, you're fighting against people that want to have their own autonomy. And yeah. You're trying to tell them, hey, no, you need to depend on the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's just a battle you're going to fight forever. Yes. Uh, I know, like for us in the Gaston house, one of the things that we try to do is uh, we try to make sure that we at least once a week. And, and some people do this better than us, and that's fine, and they do it more often. But for us, uh, because we're, we are very busy, uh one thing that we try to do is we try to make sure that we have at least one meal together where everybody has set everything aside. And the only thing that we do is we enjoy what God has given us, what God has provided for us at the table together and enjoy one another. And that's a, that's a big deal for us. Uh, and we try to, we try to make it intentional. So like, we're not just, you know, sitting there with, you know, the iPhone in front of us watching the office while we're eating. Um, but but in, even though that's that's, that Sabbath. is that is a good and gracious thing, God that's has given Sabbath. that to I'm us. Really, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really messing I'm up. In your a bad spot. I haven't Sabbath in 32 years. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, we we take time to ask questions and yeah. and talk about some of the things that that really God's doing in our life. But I I think sharing a meal is so is so big in the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's why like this is kind of off topic a little bit, but it's like I never got into woodworking. To, you know, to really make it a business. I just wanted to build tables for people because I felt like it was, uh, in, in many ways was theological. Like I felt like I was contributing to the health of a family. Yep. And so like, uh, we care about the dinner table at our house. It's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, a couple things Morgan and I do. Um, one would be, we do breakfast on Fridays. So Friday's kind of a sacred day for us. It, that's just for her and I, Jonas goes to school. We do breakfast. Um, we don't always nail that. Sometimes things come up and we end up failing miserably. We try to keep it very sacred, though, for the most part. And 
then that evening we try to do a family dinner mm-hmm. all together. Um, the other thing is Sunday afternoons doing a walk and just walking together. Jonas rides his bike in front of us and we tell him not to go too far in front of us and he disobeys. <laughs> Mm. But just walking and talking and kind of sharing what God's been doing in our week, in our lives, looking forward to the next week. We dream about things together. So that's that's kind of us. And then, and then I would reiterate something that Eric said. It's obviously been a passion of mine for a long for a long time now, which is, you know, technology being a great tool, but a, a terrible slave master, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and if we're not I think one of the things I've recognized with social media and with technology is that. I believe that it works against our human limitations, our humanity, mm-hmm. and it, it gives us this impression that we're more God-like than we are, mm-hmm. that you are able to be at arm's length for almost anyone, mm-hmm. and that you're that important, right. yeah. that people want to be, they want to be near to you, they want to talk to you, they got to get to you. Um, mm-hmm. Social media is even worse than that because it, it, let's say you have 150, 250 contacts on your phone. But you got 3,000 friends on Facebook or 1,000 friends or 700 friends on Facebook. You know, all these people are then inter- engaging with your posts and liking them. And so it gives you this impression that you are omnipresent. You're everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. And you're really, God, God gave us a human body. And he gave us uh, a human body that is frail, gets yeah. tired. Yep. You know, um, which I think there's so much theologically that we don't have time for. But just, you know, Sabbath playing into the fact that Jesus was a real person who right. really lived, who really got tired, who really was hungry. Right. Um, and I think that we ignore those human limitations often to our own demise. Sure. And so we can't experience the, the life giving presence of God because we don't think we need it until mm. it's until almost it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just say that technology in some ways, that's when it becomes your slave master is when it's, it's really feeding into all the things that Sabbath's trying to tell you is not, are, are not true about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Sabbath in the creation is God created you, not the other way around. Right. Technology in many ways is saying, look, you're a creator. Right. Look how creative you are. Look mm. at what you can do. Uh, and it's just right there kind of begging for you to to abandon the truth. Yeah. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Provcast. As always, uh, our prayer is that uh, this is good supplemental material to go along with our sermon series Uh, And we hope that as you uh, listen to this and embark on your days and your weeks, that Sabbath rest becomes a rhythm for you, that you're leaning into Christ and the rest and the nourishment that he offers, um, the the avenues of Sabbath that we provide at Providence, uh, such as our Sunday gatherings uh, as well. And uh, if you have any questions about Sabbath, you can talk to your home group leader or you can send us an email at info at providencetx.org. We'd love to answer any uh, application questions or anything like that. Uh, And and so uh, I'll leave you with our benediction as we always do. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go now and share the love of God that's been shown to you. Love God. Love people. Catch you next month.